0: Oh, let's talk about that Mal Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good. Brad Edwards, uh, 25 years at ESPN. He joins us on the Out of Bounds show, ESPN 105.9, The Zone, brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Okay, Brad, uh, Mal Moore, you you remember this story. Mal uh, approaches Saban, gets rejected, um, then goes through like Spurrier and Rich Rod and maybe a couple others and goes back down and I think convinces Terry Saban, who I think wanted to get back maybe in a college environment anyway. Yeah, but did. tell me what all you remember from that, that two thousand eight coaching search where Mal Moore's job is on the line, even though he's a legendary guy and tied to Coach Paul Bear Bryant, but things were not lining up. I think he thought he had Rich Rod at at one point. He's anyway, walk yeah. us through all that, Brad.
1: Yeah, so you know what what's crazy is to think of like three of the great what ifs. In college football history um, you know are connected to Saban ending up at Alabama the first one of that group is that if you remember when Tim Tebow was being recruited out of high school he came down he's talked about this a number of times afterward his decision was basically between uh, what he ended up doing obviously going to play for Urban Meyer at Florida or going to play for Mike Shula at Alabama and if Tim Tebow had gone to Alabama I don't think Mike Shula gets fired at the time that he did because he would have had a highly touted, you know, freshman quarterback. I I, I don't think that they would have been as, you know, nearly as good as Florida was, but they would have been good enough that he wouldn't have been fired after that season, which opened up the job, which eventually came to save it. So the second thing in the what ifs is that, um, like you said, Mal Moore eventually settled on Rich Rod. And at that point, West Virginia was, was doing very well um rich rod would have been a great hire based on the success that he would had there and um a deal seemed to be in place it was one of those like okay it's, it's it's done um and then a lot of people started reporting that it was a done deal and then something happened at the last minute and the rumors have always been that rich rod's wife said i don't want to live in alabama which is funny because that's actually where they are now um <laughs> is that and, and, look, I don't know whether that's true or not, but that was what ended up coming out of it is that, is that it was basically she was the one that pulled the plug or talked him out of it or whatever it was, and he backed out at the last minute. And, of course, at that point, everybody's laughing and say, you know, Alabama, you think you're, you know, you're all that, but you used to be. You're not anymore, and nobody wants your job. Nobody's interested in going to Alabama. Um, and, 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 by the way, the evidence seemed to support that, um, if you, especially if you looked at some of their recent coaching hires. And, and that was when Mal Moore just kind of doubled down and he went back after Saban. And uh, I'm not saying he camped out in Miami, but he essentially went down there with the attitude, I, I'm not leaving until I know I have exhausted um, everything in my arsenal to be able to get this guy. And of course, Saban, um, Saban really wasn't completely sold on the idea of, of going to Alabama. But what ended up Um, changing everything, and this is the the third big what if, is that Saban, after two years with the Dolphins, knew he needed a better quarterback if he was going to succeed.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
1: And he identified Drew Brees as the guy that he wanted. Brees was a free agent. They brought in, actually, I can't remember if he was, I think he was a free agent. I don't think it was a trade thing. I think it was a free agent. And they brought in Brees. And for whatever reason, there was something with I think, um, the Miami Dolphins training staff and doctors would not clear Breeze on his physical. They said that he had a problem there, and they weren't willing to, to give it the green light. And therefore, Saban was not allowed to sign Drew Breeze. Now, of course, he goes to the Saints, and the rest is history as far as the greatness of Drew Breeze. Obviously, Saban knew what he was doing when he wanted Breeze as his quarterback, but because he wasn't able to get him that was one of the things that made him reconsider whether he wanted to stay in the NFL, because quite honestly, he's like, without a great quarterback, all I can do is go like eight and eight every year. I, I'm, I'm not going to be a good coach in the in the NFL if I don't have a good quarterback. And so that was when he was willing to, to listen to Malmore a second time and consider going to Tuscaloosa. And then, of course, the story is when he finally agreed to do it um, – They're on the plane and, you know, flying to Tuscaloosa to, uh, you know, make the announcement. And supposedly, I think Saban tells the story a little bit differently, but supposedly Mal Moore said, you know, or Saban asked Mal Moore, do you think that you, you know, hired the the best coach, uh, you know, that you can get? And he said, oh, yeah, I do. And Saban's like, I don't know if you hired the best coach, but you hired the best recruiter. And um, and and obviously, you know, Saban everything he did from that point forward would have validated that claim. So um, that's kind of the way the story went. But like I said, there were three big things that had to go um, in Alabama's direction in order for Saban to end up there. And if any one of those three hadn't happened, it's not just that Alabama football would have been changed or SEC football would have been changed. It's all of college football history would have changed because of that.
0: Oh, he's the godfather of. Modern day college football recruiting, as you know, Brad, I, he disrupted with analysts and and the way they approached it, and and adding all, you know, the resources that he had. I mean, we had Tom Luganville on, and I know you know Tom um, for Thursday or Friday, and and Luganville headed up ESPN recruiting forever, and he said, "Man, this guy totally." changed modern college football recruiting yeah he did it at LSU as you know Brad to a certain extent but really took it to another level you know several years later at Alabama
1: yeah yeah he did yeah and and I'll tell you a quick story on that when so when let me think about this so when when Urban Meyer um finished up at Florida remember he sat out for I believe he sat out for one year before he took the Ohio State job and and during that time he worked with us at ESPN on the, the signing day uh stuff signing day coverage and and we were in a meeting i was working on uh was working on signing day that year and we were in a a, a meeting the day before uh, so the tuesday signing day was always on a wednesday and urban was telling a story about when he was at florida this is how much respect he had and obviously urban was a really good recruiter himself But to give you an idea of how much respect he had for Saban's ability to evaluate talent, especially on defense, Urban had told his assistant coaches who were out on the road recruiting that if Alabama has offered a guy on defense, if it's a defensive player and Alabama has offered him, you have permission to make an offer. Like, you don't have to call me and approve. If Alabama has offered him and he plays defense, we want him. Right. And, and, and I mean, for Urban, he didn't, I don't think he's ever, I don't know if he's ever told that publicly, but I know he didn't tell that story on air, but he told us in the meeting. At this point, enough time's gone by that I don't, I don't mind, you know, telling that story, which was probably off the record. Um, but that's how much respect even Urban Meyer had for Sabin's recruiting abilities. And, uh, and, and, you know, if you think about it, what happened is then Urban, when, because of the the competitiveness recruiting wise and what it took to succeed, at Florida, not just all of his time in the SEC, but specifically toward the end after Saban got into the conference, he developed a recruiting mentality that he took with him to Ohio
0: State. Absolutely.
1: And 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 he was recruiting. He was doing things. He was basically breaking unwritten rules in recruiting. Like like you're like before someone had signed. Like in the SEC, they're still fair game if they haven't <laughs> put pen to paper. Right. They're fair game. If, in the Big Ten, they had this gentleman's agreement that, like, if someone's committed somewhere, you don't recruit them. Well, Urban's like, forget that. And so when he got to Ohio State, he started doing these things. It upset a lot of people in the conference, but ultimately they had to make the decision, am, am I going to change the way I recruit, or am I just going to let Ohio State, you know, dominate the Big Ten for the next decade? And, and some of the schools, like Michigan, for example, had to come to the decision that we have to change the way we're doing things. That uh, that ultimately led to Michigan hiring Harbaugh. Yes. And so, I mean, and that gives you an idea of how Saban even impacted the big 10, which is, which is crazy.
0: Well, I've only got a minute, but you just nailed it. I remember when Bielema, before taking the Arkansas job as the head coach at Wisconsin, complained about Urban taking the job and then taking one of the Wisconsin commits. All right. And, and down here we were like, dude, that happens every five minutes here. And he was <laughs> exactly. he and Alvarez were raising hell about it. We were like, man, that's just a Tuesday. That's just a day that ends in Y in the SEC. All right, we right. gotta do this again um and and soon. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh Brad Edwards. I hope you're doing well and and happy new year to you, buddy.
1: Happy New Year to you and uh keep plugging along, man. It's gonna be a fun off season.
0: Brad Edwards, 25 years at ESPN, was a part of Game Day, the BCS, College Game Day on ESPN Radio. He's from here. We grew up together, then went to the University of Alabama and had a hell of a career at ESPN for 25 years. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. The show is also brought to you by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck, RPT and Gluckstat, Flowwood, and RPT commercial, Jason in pearl right i mean look where do you take your fleet vehicles you go to rpt commercial in pearl that's rpt commercial in pearl right across from muskelly furniture